Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Vegas Nation and Blue Wire Network. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and today I've got a great lineup for you. I'm going to be joined by Fox 29 in Philadelphia's Aton Shander. He's got a ton of shows. He's into betting numbers. He talks to me all about the Eagles side of this game. And on the Raiders' end, I brought in Raider Nation Radio's Your Boy Q, who's also the host of Locked On Raiders. We're going to talk to him all about the Raiders, what we've seen out of them in this post-Gruden era as it is beginning now with Rich Bess- Satya under the helm. All right, so we're going to get into all of this stuff here on the show. But first, I want to remind everybody to subscribe wherever you're listening and check out all the great content we're posting at VegasNation.com as well. And also, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. We're brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download that mobile app today and get a bonus of up to $500 when you sign up. And we're also presented to you by TickPick from Blue Wire. All right, let's go ahead and get into this first interview here with Aton Shander from Fox 29 Philadelphia. Joining me now on the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast, he is a voice out in Philadelphia. I know him from back when I worked in New York. His name is Aton Shander, Fox 29 Philadelphia. He's all over the place, Vegas insider, everything going on with Aton Shander at the Philly Voice as well. My goodness, Aton. First of all, thank you so much for coming on and doing this today. You're hustling, man. Trying, trying. It's so good to hear your voice, and I'm so thrilled to be reunited on a sports platform with you, Heidi. So whatever you got, I know it's a a crazy game to kind of predict with what's happened with kind of both teams, but it's definitely great to be back on and and chat with you in, in any capacity. Oh, I'm so glad. I really am. And I thought when I got to talk Eagles, I got to go to Aton, who also would deliver the best cheesesteaks I ever had in my there life. You go. I still don't know where you got them from. I don't want to know because I want that ongoing what's the best cheesesteak battle conversation. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it, man. I mean, the Raiders obviously lose John Gruden. They come in here. They take a big, big win, a very signature win that was much needed to prove uh, what they had as far as moxie and everything else on the gridiron. And you saw it translate out there when they took on Denver last week and the the Eagles coming into this one, you know, with Jalen Hurts uh, taking, I think I'm... I'm going to call it like a well-fought loss against Tom Brady in the sense of the fact that they, they posted 22 points to their 28, and I was impressed with them being able to, to do that. But what have you seen so far from this Eagles team that has like either impressed you or that you think they've done well so far? I think it's hard on the offense to really formulate an opinion. As crazy as that sounds six weeks into it, I mean, I have opinions as far as my frustrations with it, but to answer your question about their identity and then where, what I'm really impressed with, it's so difficult because they don't really have much of a game plan and they haven't really been adjusting much at all. So what's happened is Nick Sirianni, their new head coach, 
is basically handing everything over to Jalen Hurts. And if he's not calling some sort of design pass play, he's calling an RPO, which turns into a pass play. There's very little, if any, design run plays at all. And there's no balance. And it's basically just been piled up on Jalen Hurts. So Devontae Smith, when given opportunity, has looked sharp. Jalen Hurts just dealing with basically being the first week of school. And it's not even like he's been given a ton of homework. It's like the teacher just gave him the chalk and said, all right, you, you know, you run the class. Here's the teacher's book and I'll be out in the hallway for the next week. So I think Hertz in that capacity has actually looked pretty good handling a lot of just new system, new offense. And the line has just been so banged up and that's the MO of the Philadelphia Eagles I have to be honest, guys like Andre Dillard who have come in and stepped in, Nate Herberg, you know, guys who are backups that probably people in Philadelphia can barely point out have yeah. stepped up and, and the line has played well. What I think the most frustrating thing about what I am good with on the offense is that in limited opportunity, guys like Kenny Gainwell and Miles Sanders, the running backs, have rushed the ball well and have been solid if not exceptional in the pass game but Sirianni just refuses to use them so it's so brand new it's so fresh but at the same time I, I just I don't know six weeks into it we don't really have much of an identity on this offense and that's so frustrating there's some people that I've read that have said like hey it's time to bench Jalen Hurts I think he had 115 yards passing in the game though he had a, a pair of uh, rushing touchdowns so in the last game that they had played uh, but you know, what have you thought about him and is it just like right now he's still learning he's in the process of growing with like you mentioned the new coach new playbook those kinds of things or uh, is it something with just the the design of, of plays that hasn't worked out yet what do you think it is that some people are like hey let's blow it up and start joe flacco well here's the thing jalen hurts can throw the football i know that we all know that he showed that in college and he showed that in doug peterson's spread offense not this perversion of an offense whatever the hell nick sirianni is running so we know that jalen now he's he's the most accurate quarterback in the nfl not anywhere close but he's also not somebody throwing the football five yards into the ground, unable to make a completion. He can play the position. He has the DNA of a quarterback who can play the position. He can also run, and he's pretty fast, and he's pretty quick as well, agile with the football. So these are pluses and positives that I just don't know why the head coach hasn't tried to funnel into a system instead of just handing him over the football. So the counter to benching Jalen Hurts is, all right, well, what really changes with the offense with a guy like Joe Flacco or even Gardner Minshew in there? And Minshew can move clearly more than the statue of Joe Flacco. But yeah. let's use Flacco because clearly he's their backup. He's their number two. And I've seen him thrown in there as far as a alternative, I guess, of who to go to outside of Hurts. They're going to call quicker passes. They're going to get the ball out of Flacco's hands. He can't move all these things. All right. Do that with Jalen Hurts. Like, why aren't you doing that right now with Jalen Hurts? And this is why Nick Sirianni doesn't know what he's doing is because instead of applying an offense that you would for, to a guy who can't run, they're basically not running an offense yeah. and saying, OK, well, his ability to run is going to bail out the bad play call or, or the questionable lack of adjustment, what have you. So, yeah, I mean, he, I've seen that too. You know, people, oh, bench Jalen Hurts. Okay, well, what's going to change? Well, they're going to get the ball out faster. Why not do that now? They haven't even tried that now with Hurts. 
Right. And then now you're also uh, Zach Ertz is, is taken off. So I don't know how much that might affect in your eyes, anything with the offense or does it at all? No, I think it does because Zach Ertz, now they weren't running a ton of 12 personnel. It wasn't like they had yeah. both guys on the field at the same time, but Zach Ertz was targeted more than Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz was more of a red zone target and scoring target than Dallas Goddard. So it's not just an easy, I don't think it's an easy equation of, Oh, Zach Ertz is out. Therefore Dallas Goddard is in more. Goddard was the top option anyway, coming into the season, but Zach Ertz didn't forget how to play football last year. He was just on a really bad football team and everybody kind of gave up on him. Reality is, is that the dude can play. And at one point he was playing at a pro bowl slash I'd argue all pro level at the position. So all it was is just him back. we've seen this all the time. Somebody gets hurt or somebody has a bad year and people give up on a, on a player. It can be any sport. And next thing you know, they're back kicking ass. And it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Antonio Brown was a top three wide receiver for every <laughs> single season. He was in Pittsburgh. He just had a meltdown and it's like, oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. So we forget about this stuff. Right. And then we see it again. It's like, damn. So that's really, I think what's happened here. And it's just a matter of, you know, this this team has so many question marks and so many issues. Zachert's leaving is not necessarily an easy transition of targets and and receptions. I think now they're going to have to figure out how to use the tight end position a little bit better and also mm-hmm. where some of those targets go because the offense doesn't hasn't really required or allowed, I should say, for Hertz to move the ball around. Yeah. And then on the flip side, like when we look at just last week's game, I'm just, you know, bringing that one up because it was the most recent. There yeah. wasn't a lot of pass rush on Tom Brady. Now, Derek Carr comes in after a 18, uh, you know, completion game with 341 yards and a couple touchdowns. What do you make of what you saw out of Derek Carr and how this Eagles defense might approach this and uh, him and the offense right now? The biggest thing about the Philadelphia Eagles defense, and it happened again with Leonard Fournette, although it wasn't as bad, but granted, the Bucs didn't need it to be that bad. And I think that the context of that football game is it was a short week, third game in 11 days for Tampa. They're on the road. Get in and get out. We've seen that. doesn't matter if it's the Raiders or the Eagles. You're on a short week. You're on the road. You're the better team. Do what you can, but you're not breaking out all the bag of tricks. This is not a popcorn game. This is just do whatever you can. Now, now Tampa's so good that it looked effortless at times. But point being is that Leonard Fournette could have gone for 100 if it was a tighter game that required him to be more involved. And the Eagles have, coming into that game, given up 95-plus in three straight to one running back. So now all of a sudden the Raiders backfield, and to be honest with you, it really doesn't even matter who's carrying the football at this point, the Raiders backfield and the Raiders ability to open up a hole on the ground become so much easier. And it should become a little bit, if not more of a focus in the game plan. Like, yes, you've got uh, one of the best tight ends we've seen in the game in a, in a while. And I know Travis Kelsey dwarfs him a lot, which is ridiculous because Darren Waller is, is insanely good. And there's speed on the outside. And we saw that against Denver or guys that can get downfield fast, but the Raiders have such an advantage because everybody has such an advantage running the football against the Eagles that if they do that initially, it's really going to hurt 
the Eagles' ability to load up and and, pa- and really put pressure on Carr. So that's the easiest way, I think, for the Raiders to avoid having even a little bit of a pass rush. And the Eagles will blitz some, and they'll send a backer or two. But the easiest way to do that is just to puncture them right in the middle of it and take advantage of the fact that the Eagles can't stop the run. Wow, I love it. I got just a couple more for you, Ethan, sure. uh, and I wanted to get your take right now on what had happened with John Gruden uh, with, uh, in respect to Rich Bisaccia coming in and being able to kind of lead this team to a win. It was a very unprecedented type situation for this team uh, being that they have a very good caliber team, I think. I think the offense has proven that they're pretty high-powered and the defense is holding its own right now and coming up in big ways, like with a guy like Max Crosby particularly. So when you see the things that this team had gone through in the adversity, what was your take on how they bounced back in this past week's game? So it's interesting because I was using the example with, now clearly not the same in any context, so I'm not trying to. I'm just saying as far as a team dealing with craziness outside of the locker room and then having to band together. And it came up with Jacksonville the week before with the whole thing with urban Meyer and oh my goodness, this team is going to bounce back. You no, they're not, they're not talented enough. Jacksonville. What now they, they needed a week and they took on a perfect opportunity in London and, and all the, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is, is that alone talented enough. They weren't, they couldn't hold some players only meeting and band together and make a statement. The Raiders, on the other hand, they are, and they prove that. And for anybody who doubted that they had enough talent in that locker room and presence in that locker room to band together and and make it, it's hard to win on the road in this league. It's not easy in any week. And they, and that defense, look, Denver was, was not great. And I may have lost a, a couple of wagers on Denver that game. So I I may be a little bit biased, Heidi. I'll say this, but no, I mean, the Raiders, they, they came in, Vegas came in. And once they got through that first quarter, Denver just was non-existent. And that defense is tough and that's a tough place to play with the altitude. So a lot of things were working against them, smaller things than clearly John Gruden's exit, but a lot of things just were working against them. And they had a huge statement there. If that were at home, maybe there's a little bit of a letdown again the second week in a row against the Eagles. But I, I don't know how you look at it, but I, I don't think because of the circumstances on the road, the way in which they won, I don't think there's anywhere near as big of a letdown taking on the Eagles this week. It seems like they've kind of found something that may work. Yeah, so you mentioned some numbers there, and I wanted to get your take on the money line with the Eagles right now. I've seen plus 165, Raiders minus 140 as the favorites, and it looks like a plus three right now on the spread. What have you made of the numbers as the week opened up with this matchup? Sunday night, I jumped in on the Raiders minus three. I thought that might move a little bit north. I, I thought I might get ahead of it, maybe three and a half to four depending on how heavy people looked at that victory in Denver and, and just the Eagles. But uh, you know, a lot of it is out of sight, out of mind. I'm surprised that it hasn't moved. A I don't anticipate it moving the opposite direction through three as much as we love to bet on our team here legally in PA and, and Jersey, of course, in, in this area. So sure. that may impact it some, but I, I don't think so. I, I don't know why that's so short. To be honest with you, the Eagles, yeah, they have a little bit more uh, rest coming into this game, but the Raiders are at this point and in their best games, right? That's what I would look at it like, okay, 
in the Eagles and the Raiders' respective best two games that they've played, it's a contest that yeah. Vegas has looked better than Philadelphia. And that's what I'm a little – I don't know. It's almost concerning that it's so short – for Vegas because it's only three for a team that they should be able to beat up. Now, again, I jumped in right away on Vegas, so I'm on that side. But uh, something seemed so odd that it was so short in that regard because the, the Raiders are at least a six, I would say, six and a half point wow. better squad than – yeah, I mean, look, the, the Eagles, they make mistakes too, mm-hmm. and they still haven't cleaned up their mistakes. They, they have penalties at inopportune times. They don't lead the league each week like they did, but – they just they make mistakes. They're young, things like that. Those are variables that you don't want to bet on. I can sit here. I'm mesmerized listening to the words of Aton Shander, my friend here from Sirius XM <laughs> Radio. Where that's where we met, but he's on to big things right now with Fox 29. You Philadelphia. too. Look at oh, you. Come you. on, <laughs> taking over Vegas. That's not easy. <laughs> Oh, man. I took over New York in my small corner of the newsroom, so I decided to bring it on out to Sin City. <laughs> oh, those are the best days. Trust me. I, I miss those days. All right. I hear you, man. And it was so good to be able to spend some time with you here today. Wish you all the best. If there's anything you want to throw out for people to listen to you, uh, links, give them the uh, information on all your social media. Uh, go for it, Aton. Yeah, just the easiest thing is to follow me on Twitter. Thank you. At Shander Shows is the place. So thank you for that. Yeah, you bet. Thank you again for coming on, and I will talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Heidi. All right, let's take a quick break here, a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll have your boy Q right here on the Takeaways Edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Raiders football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Raiders tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another site, TickPick pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Now led under interim head coach Rich Bisaccia, everyone's going to want to see how the Raiders season continues to unfold and if they are in fact a playoff bound team. That's why you've got to visit TickPick.com slash Vegas Nation today to save $10 on your first order of Raiders tickets. I think it's a beautiful thing that something crazy could happen and a group of men could be even more unified and say, you know what, we're going to lock arms even tighter. And uh, that's kind of what happened that night. And, uh, you know, John Abram looked at me, he's like, talk to us. And so I talked to him and I'll leave what we said in there, in there. Um, But uh, everyone just believes in one another, you know, and uh, it was a a beautiful moment. Um, Hopefully... They can carry us past just one win, you know. Hopefully they can carry us the whole way. 
Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and joining me now, your boy Q. You know him from Raider Nation Radio's Unnecessary Roughness, as well as Locked On Raiders. Q, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime you call, you know I'm ready, man. It's always good to talk some Raiders. It's always great to get onto the podcast with you and uh, have some good conversations. It's all love, so I definitely appreciate you having me on. Yeah, well, I wanted to get you on today because I really wanted to talk about what you think about this Raiders team and how they've rebounded amid everything that they've dealt with from the losses to now bringing home a win over the Broncos and then just the controversy and everything that they've had to deal with with John Gruden's resignation. What have you thought about the way this team has rebounded from all of that? You know, I was really impressed, to be honest with you, because I felt like going into the game on Sunday, this team was going to go one way or the other. It was going to either be a team that rallied around each other and rallied around interim head coach Rich Basaccia and really get out there and do what they do. And I didn't really think that they were going to come out with the firepower that they did. Derek Carr leading the team down the down the field the very first drive and getting into the end zone, especially the way that he did, 48-yard pass to Henry Ruggs. And it was just it was a, a pretty pass and just a nice drive, something that we haven't seen all season long from this Raiders team so that was one but I also thought going into the game it could go terribly bad it could be one of those situations where the team just kind of puts their tails in between their legs and says you know what this is this ain't it you know this is something that we've never dealt with ever as a team coming off a year that we dealt with something that we've never seen as a team where everyone dealt with COVID uh, I mean it's just there's been a lot of different scenarios put in front of this team and and for them to be able to rebound and really dominate from beginning to end and I know that the score 34 24 doesn't really necessarily say that they dominated but anyone who watched the game or like you was at the game knows that they dominated that game very good performance from the Raiders what a rally what a way to show leadership from the guys that have been there on the roster for a while talking about Carr and Crosby and Jacobs and you know guys like that and and just to go out there and do what they did I was very impressed with what I saw Especially, I thought, on the defensive side of the ball. I've been impressed with what they've been able to do up front. They also had three turnovers in the game. What have you seen out of this defense and the way that they are really pushing right now that's caught your attention, especially in terms of turnovers? Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing about it. I mean, for someone like myself and you who've been covering the Raiders for a very long time, we've known that the defense has been the Achilles heel. And for them to be this year playing the way that they are, Gus Bradley coming in with Ron Miles and Richard Smith and being able to really get these guys cooking early, one, I've been shocked by that because I didn't think it was going to come around as quickly as it did. And then for it to come full circle on Sunday, a day that they needed the most to get five sacks and four turnovers, I mean, that's just incredible. That's a snowball of effect I'm sure somebody on the defensive side of the ball is thinking damn we should have saved some of those for next week but you know you can't do that you get them in bunches but it's a good sign it's a really good sign that they're playing fast they're uh, being physical obviously and they're able to go and create some turnovers so if you can get a performance like that you're not going to get five sacks and four turnovers every week but if you can go out there expecting to get home to the quarterback and expecting to turn the ball over a couple times and and give the ball back to your uh, offense on a short field then that's a recipe for a win and so uh, that that I think is coming at the right time and uh, leading into this game against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, which in my opinion is a very winnable game. Yeah, and I think Max Crosby was really flashing a lot in this game. He's showing how hungry he is out there on the field. He's really getting after it. And everybody knows about what he went through and just getting healthy, his recovery, trying to train the right way, getting his body in the right physical shape and doing it the right way. Just what have you thought about Max Crosby really emerging this season, not just as a player, but as a leader on this defense? 
Man, he's been incredible. He really has. I mean, everything you documented is spot on. And I know that when we were there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center during training camp, even during the preseason, I think all of us to a T said, this dude is looking fast. He's looking like a leader. Uh, he's looking like he's got something to prove. And, and that's one of the things that I took away. And I kept saying, like, this guy just looks so fast out there. He just looks quick. And, you know, I know that he's not drinking anymore. And you can go into games, and he called it lost in the sauce. You can go into games with a little bit of a hangover, literally, you know, if you're if you're out there and you're partying and you're living it up and look some folks do it and they're able to get away with it but you know Max said it was a problem and so he got away from that he followed Darren Waller's path and and decided to get himself some help and I think that him playing without that alcohol weight and really staying away from that and being fresh like you said changing his lifestyle has shown up in a major way on the field and that's just going to benefit him he's in year three if he comes away he's got five sacks right now if he comes away with double digit sacks this year which I do expect him to to as long as he's healthy do uh, I mean, he's going to be looking at a big payday in the offseason. Of course, pay, paydays always motivate players, but I think this is more than that for Max. I think it's everything you mentioned. I think it's the leadership. I think it's owning the team. The 2019 class, they're all kind of owning this team. Like, hey, this is our team now. Uh, we're the third-year guys. We need to go and step up and make plays. And uh, for him to do what he's done, let's not take anything away from Unique and Gakwe. I think he also has helped free Max Crosby up a lot as well, where he's not getting 100% of the attention because a guy that can get after the quarterback like unique is on the other side so that helps as well but I mean this dude is like first in every single category across uh, according to pro football focus except for sacks but he's still leading the team in sacks with five so I mean he's he's been impressive all year long all around and Q I also wanted to get your take on just what's happened here with the interim head coach Rich Bisaccia how he's handled things amid everything that had happened in the week leading up to the game and just what kind of leader you saw that he was for this team on Sunday? You know, it's funny. I, I thought about this question a lot, and I was trying to come up with a good, clever way of saying what he's done, but I really think that he's just been humble and really stayed in his lane. And some people could do that. He's never been a head coach ever on any stage of football, even though he's been a coach for so many years. Instead, he just kind of stuck with the, the routine, uh, stayed in his role. He's still, you know, doing his job as a special teams coach. He's still deferring to his uh, coaches like Gus Bradley to, to manage the defense, uh, Greg Olson to manage the offense. I mean, he's, he's very humble, and I think that that helps ease into that position. Again, he's not walking around with his chest pumped out. He's just just a, a very humble dude. You've been there in media sessions with him. Uh, he answers the questions to the best of his knowledge. He tries to, you know, give you as much as possible. I mean, he's he's just again, he, he's not he's not stepping too far into it. He's just he's just kind of playing the everyday role, but at the same time, he has a head coaching title. But he's not really flexing his muscles like I'm the head coach, so do as I say. You know what I mean? It's just it's refreshing to kind of see a guy real humble in his job. Couldn't agree with you more on how he's been handling all the pressures and things that have come with assuming the role that he now has upon him. But as we look ahead to the Eagles, I wanted to get your take on what you think this team is capable of, as in the Eagles. They got Jalen Hurts there, their offense, how they've been building to try to find their own identity, if you will. You said this is possibly a winnable game. So what do you see out of these Eagles? You know, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a is an animal. I, I think he's a very good player. I think he's a guy that's trying to learn the quarterback position. He's definitely not polished yet, but coming out of Oklahoma, I liked him a lot. I thought it was a guy that maybe the Raiders would even think about drafting as a you know one-two punch for Derek Carr, similar to what we thought Marcus Mariota was going to be when the Raiders signed him, but he hasn't really done that because of injury. But he's been thrown into the starting role. I don't think he has a ton of weapons around him that really helps him out, 
but he's athletic. He believes in himself. He has winning traits. Uh, you saw that at Alabama and Oklahoma. And yep. uh, he's going to give his team every opportunity to, to try to win a game as possible. Now, their record doesn't show it, 2-4 and four right now. But I do think that they're a very capable team. Again, he's a dangerous dude. He's going to run around and make some plays. Uh, I think that him and Justin Fields are somewhat similar as far as trying to learn the, the quarterback position in the league. But you saw Justin Fields make some big-time passes when needed to uh, when the Raiders played the Bears. Now, again, there was different circumstances going on, but he was able to complete some passes on third and long when I thought the Raiders were going to have a chance to get off the field, and they couldn't do it. So uh, I think this game is going to be a very tough game. I know a lot of Raider fans are kind of looking at it like, oh, the Eagles, they stink. They're 2-4. and four. It's going to be at home. It's going to be a wrap. I think it's going to be a tough game. I really do. Uh, I think that the Eagles' defense is strong. Uh, I yep. know that they have guys that can get after the quarterback, so the Raiders' offensive line is going to have to step up, as they did in Denver on Sunday. They did a really good job, probably their best game they played all season long. But uh, they got to do that consistently. You know, you got to get some run game going. You got to be able to use that play action pass. Everything that they did on Sunday, they got to find a way to bottle it up and kind of replicate it to the best of their ability on uh, on Sunday against the Eagles at Allegiant Stadium because you can get a victory and you can go into the bye week at five and two and feel good about yourself. Try to get a little healthy and then prepare for a a road trip against the Giants, but. Uh, you got to handle your business, and so it starts this week. It's going to be a tough out, but uh, if they go in and do anything that looks similar to what they did in Denver, I feel pretty good about their chances. Q, I always appreciate you coming on here on the show. Uh, you can catch Q five days a week on Locked On Raiders as well as with uh, the radio here in Las Vegas, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Unnecessary Roughness is the show. Q, let them know where they can find you, social media, and everything else that you do. Yeah, I'm busy. I stay busy. That's the only way to go. Uh, as you mentioned, the podcast, the Locked On Raiders podcast, I do it every single day. Usually have it released about 12.05 a.m. Pacific Standard Time every morning, Monday through Friday. Uh, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920, 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, do the radio show, so you can definitely check me out there. And then uh, all my work you can always find on Twitter, at your boy Q254. I'm either tweeting out a link, a guest lineup, something. You can always find me. It's like a tracking device. It's like a GPS is my Twitter account. You can always find where I'm and what I'm doing at your boy Q254. All right. Appreciate you taking the time, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone, so much again for listening. I appreciate all of you out there who tune into the show every week. I'll be back next week with another show for you here on the Takeaways Edition. So stay tuned on VegasNation.com for all of our great content, as well as checking out all the things that we do here uh, with the team. There are three shows every week, plus our postgame show. We all appreciate you guys tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Heidi Fang, as well as my Facebook page, Heidi Fang. I got to update that, too, by the way, guys. So anybody that's been looking at it. My apologies. Um, I'd like to thank again our sponsors, STN Sports, that Station Casinos, as well as TickPick with Blue Wire. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.